I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. Are you ready? Oh yeah! Let me tell you something, brother. If you're looking for the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be in the podcasting universe, then look no further than Ring, Ring the, the Bell. Bell. Bringing you the best in the world at what we do, and what we do is take over the world of wrestling reviews, baby. Now, Ring the Bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Ring the Bell. It's another week, it's another new episode, and we are here once again to talk about the one and only Undertaker and his last ride. I'm host Andrew, with me once again on this journey, it's Martin. Hello, Andrew. Welcome back. It's good to be back. So last week was, obviously we saw the low point, Roman Reigns, what should have been the retirement match. This week, the redemption First things first, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, again, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, obviously, Undertaker's, I wouldn't exactly say biggest fault, but just him being that perfectionist, you just found out, I think, did they try to make out? He didn't re-watch the Roman match until around, I think it was just before Royal Rumble. Um, I think and that's you could the story just... they told. And I, I've now yeah. it was clear he felt about that match. I can actually believe that that was the case. Yeah, it's just like the groans and the, oh, I, I can't watch this. And, you know, inevitably, Undertaker, he's like, you know, I, I, I can't go out like this. You know, I can't have them that be the last memory of The Undertaker. I mean, he said that Vince called him after Rumble and they said, do you want to face Cena at Mania? And Taker was like, I hadn't actually really thought about returning. I, I was, that's it, I'm done. And then, yeah, as mm. you said, he watched that Roman match and, you know, he was criticising that he was slow, overweight, couldn't move. And at yeah. that point, he needed, he knew he needed redemption. So that was it from that moment. It was like, okay, this isn't a yes, this isn't a no, just give me time. I think they set Elimination Chamber as the, the, the deadline for it. And yes. he got a ring shipped down to to him and he trained to, to see if he could get back to The Undertaker, you know, run the ropes, taking bumps and yeah. Yeah, and obviously uh the part before that we had uh we had him getting uh, the hip resurfacing Ooh, surgery as well. Yeah, just a tad, wasn't it? But um yeah, and it was sort of like the almost the joking with the doctors. You know, how many surgeries have you had? And he saw, you know, how many how many injuries have you had? And he saw, well, I've done all these fingers, and <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. And it was like, I don't know whether it's a testament to the man, like you know how long he's just just got on with these injuries because it was made out to be that this hip issue he's had. He's been dealing with it on and off for like 10 to 15 years. Mm. But then, you know, as I think he said, without the surgeries, he wouldn't have had the career. It's yeah. Enabled, it's enabled him to carry on for, well, we're sitting at 30 years now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 30 years in November. But yeah, yeah, it's all just a really good episode again. And as well, you, you got to see that rare emotional side of Vince because uh, you had the guy who's documenting this series at Terran events and say, you know, oh, what, what does the undertaker mean to, to you and the company? And Vince got really emotional and 
and he got choked up and he was like, no, I can't do it. That was possibly the most we've ever seen emotion-wise out of Vince in this kind of, yeah. you know, uh, out-of-character out setting. Yeah, w w without a doubt. I, th I, th I think definitely that's the most emotion, like genuine emotion we've seen out of Vince in many, many years. Well, obviously, we're going to jump all over the place in terms of, you know, instead of like a, a blow by blow of it. Obviously, the, the Cena match went ahead. He, he did the, he got he got his, his wife to film a, a little promo as he was training. He, he run the ropes three or four times, took the bump, and then the, the great line, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once I ever was. And yeah. said, see you in New Orleans. And I mean, I know we spoke about this on, on previous podcasts and it's been said by many, but I still don't understand the take a Cena thing at Mania 34. I don't get why it was a squash. No, and I think if they had played that promo on TV, that short recording he sent of Vince, I think that would have, I don't know, got people a bit more intrigued and maybe got it a little bit. Because you sold Mania on Cena Taker. Instead of it being like, oh, Cena's there, but Taker may not be. Because yeah. why not promote it? Like, especially if, in Taker's mind, this might have been his last match. This was the redemption one more time, and at least I can go out as the undertaker so even if you don't promote it as one more ride you can still mm. get a promotion out of undertaker appearing it just made no sense why even more so when we saw taker's reaction at the very end mm. of the episode where even he seemed shocked that it was so short he was you know i mean it does beg the question why was it so short i wonder it then and after seeing us i wonder it even more so now Taker clearly didn't yeah. approve didn't didn't approve of that. He wanted a longer, like a proper back and forth, not a three minute squash. So yeah. why book it? Well, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that 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 match, you know, you you probably could have got at least a good fifteen minutes out of him, at least. Oh, easily. So, and you know, what, what? Why not give that time? And we've seen over the years, you know, despite the criticism, not many people can go on the biggest stage with any opponent more than Cena can. You know, so. If Taker had any kind of hesitancy or trepidation, Cena would have covered that because he's good enough to do that. So yeah. I don't understand why they didn't do it. It's I'd, I'd love to see, I don't know if we'll get that in the episode three, where we do get more talk about it. I, part of me thinks because, as this episode showed, like the, the respect between Vince and Taker, whether Taker's not going to openly criticise Vince. So yeah. I don't know if we'll get much fun, but it, that, that stuck out to me that why didn't we get a proper match if even Taker was expecting to have a proper match? Yeah. It's just nice to see, you know, the people who you don't really get to see that side of, for uh, them to be able to show it and, you know, sort of get to know the person a bit more rather than seeing this mystique character. Think about it. You think over all, over all the years, all of Vince's big names have at some point walked out, in Vince's mind, walked out on him. You know, yeah. Hogan went to WSW, Savage went to WSW, Piper went to WSW, Bret Hart, obviously that all that stuff went. But at one point, Bret was due to was going to switch WSW. It was a contract thing that stopped him doing that in the 90s. So even Bret was going to walk out. Shawn Michaels has walked away. Austin's walked away. Rock's walked away. Yeah. You know, Cena's moved, moved, moved more to Hollywood. Now, whether there's any re resentment there, we don't know. But Taker has never, you know angled the idea of switching WSW when they were around. I know Kevin Nash once before that the American Badass was 
Taker's way of preparing uh, the audience for a WWE move because obviously he couldn't use The Undertaker in WWE. Uh-huh. I saw Nash claim once that he was going to keep that character but call himself as Mark Calloway in WWE but be dressed as the American Badass and that was what that return was designed to do was to introduce, hey, this is me now. Okay. So if he does show up down south, he can still look the same. Yeah. He just won't have the name. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I just can't see Taker ever being that guy to leave Vince. No, no. Like you say, he he's been the loyal one who's always stuck by him, no matter what. And uh, Vince, that I don't know, some ways, yeah, I, I'd like to think that you know there wasn't any truth to what Nash is claiming, but. You know, unless like the Undertaker was to come out direct and address it, I don't think we'd ever fully know. No, we probably won't. But it always seems to be, loyalty seems to be the biggest thing for Vince. If if you're loyal, that will be it. And the fact that Taker is the only one, and he probably is, unless I'm missing someone, the only one in the last however many years that's always loyal to Vince. So yeah. that might explain yeah. Vince's reaction when he was asked, "What does Undertaker mean to you personally and to the company?" and he he couldn't answer it. No. Or he could he couldn't answer it and get the words out. He couldn't I don't know. But <clears> I think that was what prompted that, that reaction we got. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously as well in uh this episode, uh we gotta see uh the Undertaker renegotiating his contract with Vince as well. It'd be nice to see more of that. Vince kinda shooed the camera crew out. I get why. It's obviously uh, negotiations, but what does Vince see in regards to Taker wrestling, or was it? I mean, it was around that time that Taker started um, doing the um, like appearance stuff, like all the, the self booking and everything. I think it quite possibly was, yeah. Because obviously, we've heard a lot of talk that he was well, we know he was booked for Starcast, um, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden didn't happen. Kurt Angle was the same, and Taker's other appearances didn't go ahead, and then this new contract was signed. There was a lot of talk that you know Vince kind of made some moves and stopped that from happening. Uh, yeah, and there's been the odd allusion to it on uh, Conrad Thompson's. So mm. it'd be nice to have seen something about that, that Taker was starting to get himself out there a bit more, you know, and and open the door, or pull the curtain back a little bit, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah it would be interesting to see that. But again, I can understand maybe why the camera crew weren't required in that setting. Yeah, 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 no. But, um... It's just, I don't know, whether it's just a case of, you know, Mark's protecting the Undertaker character for so many years, and now he's just like, oh, you know what, you know, I'm I'm getting towards the end of my career, you know, let's open up a bit and show them, you know, inside the life of Mark Calloway, but it's just so nice and refreshing just to see, you know, the man behind character. Okay, so, and let's, if, if you know, if us, if our listeners will indulge us slightly on, on this now, if, take us, obviously, ne- next episode, we'll cover it now, the next episode looks like it's going to be looking at Saudi Arabia with um, the Bros of Destruction versus DX debacle, Ooh. fast, train wreck, whatever you want to describe. Yeah. Now, no, probably why that match happened. It was finance, obviously, definitely for Shawn Michaels, and with that. So, what made Taker do that, and was how that went 
then the impetus for Taker returning again. And then obviously later on, we're hopefully, I think we're going to see the stuff for Goldberg in episode four, I believe. So it almost uh, seems like Taken almost said, okay, that's it now. I'm happy. Oh, wait, but I need that one more thing. So he goes again. But then that goes wrong. So he has to go again. And he never, like, he didn't want to go out on the rain thing. But it wasn't the half hour match he wanted to have, sort of thing, you know? So maybe he needs to do one more thing. And was that Saudi Arabia? But that didn't go well. So he had to do something else and something else. Where does it end? I mean, when does he say what? Good, bad, or ugly? This is it for me now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously we'll see his reasons behind it in the next episode. But um, the only thing I can sort of pinpoint is maybe so, you know, let's see how I can go in like a 15, 20 minute match and not, you know, a three minute squash match. You know, can, can I still, have I still got that mobility and, you know, I can turn it on when I need to. That's probably it. That's probably, it's more just a professional uh, determination, pride, I guess. Mm. Uh, So if, if Taker does, and as you just sort of alluded to there briefly, that he's opening the doors more to, behind the scenes might be an indication that he is winding down or we are at the end basically now um obviously mania just gone kind of there was the new style of undertaker match with a cinematic approach that could extend his career by five years technically you know yeah yeah definitely if he doesn't want to do that when is a good time to say that's it this is my last match mania would seem the obvious but for me Mania next year seems forced. Yeah. I'm I'm very much, you know, he came in at Survivor Series, let's end it at Survivor Series, and obviously it being 30-year anniversary this year, it would seem a good time to, to do it then. I'm, a, I'm in agreement. I don't think Mania needs Undertaker. I think that the year Brock ended the streak. Take yeah. matches don't mean as much to me now because there's no story there really there's no there's no stakes yeah so yeah that's it um obviously he i can't remember who it was with but he did a podcast this week with someone and he and he did sort of touch on the with brock and that at mania and he sort of said you know if i wanted to be really selfish you know he said i probably would have taken it to like 25 or 26 and oh but he said, like, you know, Vince pitched the idea of Brock beating him. And he was like, you know, really? This is the way you want to go? And Vince was like, yeah. He was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, we'll do it. And and realistically, you know, with the exception of maybe one or two, who who could do it, really? Then, isn't that a little bit naive and insulting to the rest of the roster? I mean, look at, look at Romania 30. Are you telling me yeah. there's not one person on that roster that could have believably been a challenge for taker I, I just i can't i can't believe that they didn't see anyone else being capable of being yeah. viewed as a, a genuine taker uh succeeder or successor you know to mm. i don't know it but yes so if, if okay so let's let's say that then so survival series this year in november where hopefully there'll be a crowd as long as it's safe to do so uh, yeah that happens it's take his last match and it's built as that and it's like this is it this is last ride it's that he came in at survivor series he's gone at survivor series 30 years later in your view 
now simple question does he win um i think it depends on who he's fighting but i don't know i think it depends on sort of you know how everyone's feeling at the time you know do you need to give the dead man you know his swan song or you know or is it some or is it to elevate someone to a slightly higher level than where they're at at the minute i mean obviously there's already little bits of talk and that and they're already mentioned about possibly doing a aj rematch which i'd be all for does aj benefit from beating taker though because the, the down the other the, the problem with someone beating taker in his last matches is that going to mean some sort of residual heat and not a good kind of heat because but we want to see taker win and we didn't because of yeah and is that gonna go against that person but also who is there um and and i know it's kind of after said vincent sort of the roster back at 30 but you look at roster right now even six months from now who genuinely could go over taker yeah um any other takeaways you had from this episode i mean i i um i did like the we talk about the Vince and Taker uh, bond that they have. Taker actually named his son after um, Vince, which yes, was really cool, really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good, and uh, I don't want to say sort of you know it's necessarily funny, but it's just sort of like just seeing like some of the backstage bits and obviously like we touched on earlier with like Undertaker working out in the ring that we had sent down to him and that to work out in that then so yeah the trusted people to like help him out and get shape because um obviously it was like when you had the edge when you had the edge um documentary um edge went to Dash Wilder to help him get the ring rough and that and then uh You've seen in this episode with uh, the Undertaker, uh, he got Primo down to help him out. Maybe they don't care about these guys. Like, well, they're they're trying to get their their feet back. So if they hurt this guy, it's only Primo. It's only one of the revival. You know? Yeah, and I I think at some point, like Undertaker tried to make the point about like you know, Primo's like quite like a speedy guy, and like you know, he wanted to work on his speed in the ring and everything like that yeah, and he sense. was a guy to you know help him work on that i suppose also it's good if you can have someone who's not really used on tv much because obviously if you don't want to send a big guy down like a big name because they're going to be booked, yeah. they're, they're going to be touring they're going to be on the live events they're going to be on tv whereas primo let's be honest isn't on tv you know he's not a feature no. part of the live events if he needs to lose so you can spare him to go down to to there and, and do what he needs to do with taker and it doesn't interfere with anything. So I, I get yeah. if, if that's the reason why, then that, that for me makes sense. But no, it is interesting to see these big names who are, with, with all due respect, relying on these undercard guys to be their training partners. Yeah. Um, actually, something else has popped in my head. We talked about AJ Styles. AJ gets mentioned in this episode, doesn't he? Taker actually recognises AJ's uh, like ability and sort of actually states that he would have liked to have worked with him. Obviously, this was before, you know, when he thought he was done. Yeah. And it's just kind of um, to see now two years later, he's now working with Styles. So it's 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 good to see that respect that's there. 
Yeah, and he uh, even went as far as uh, comparing him to uh, Sean as well. Does make you think that if AJ does is the one that you now is picked to be Taker's last opponent and gets to beat Taker, that Taker be okay with it? Yes, but yeah, I'd, I'd love his final match be at Survivor Series, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um. So yeah, that's I said we're kind of went all over the place regarding the timeline. I'm sure we missed some stuff out. You know, in the end, we kind of we talk as as we think as it comes into, but. Obviously, if, if there's anything you want to add uh, or if you agree or disagree with anything, that contact details are coming shortly at the end of the show. Uh, before we we ride off into the sunset, as it were, um, while we're here, um, we should, or I just wanted to take this moment to say that all of us at Ring the Bell, and I'm sure the entire wrestling community, uh, was saddened this week when, obviously, it was confirmed that Shad Gaspard, formerly of Crime Time in WWE, um, unfortunately did pass away. I don't know what to say, really. No, it 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 doesn't help as well. It's like quite heart wrenching when you like got like the initial reports of the incident when you know it was just you know he had drifted away and he was missing when when it was whole like you know the coast guards got to him and he was like no no, no don't worry about me save my son first and then come back for me and you you know. I, as a parent, you're just like, oh my god, it's literally heart wrenching. Yeah, he, um, he went out a hero. He went out a true, true hero. And there's been so many plaudits and so much celebration of his life and and the big names this week in wrestling talking about yes. how how much a good human being he was. And that's, I think, the big thing. You know, when you know when people and people not just wrestlers but in any passion you know pass away it's always oh they were a great wrestler they were a great actor or a great musician whatever but then it's always the but they were a good person you know they were a good human being yeah. and that i think it's an awful way to go and, and the family were always going to have that and but he he went he went ensuring that his son did an artist thing that doesn't that just encapsulate the man that we're hearing yeah that's what he was like yeah, yeah, de- definitely, and yeah, obviously, in in his uh, stint with uh, Crime Time, they were they they were rather successful during during that run before uh, before they decided to split them up, and I believe Shad went left the company before JTG did. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed him, and it was just you know a different and refreshing tag team at the time. Cause I remember when they were like debuting them and teasing them out they had these like uh, workout videos in the streets and that and uh, one of my favourite ones uh, me and Sam often talk about was um, when uh, I think they would like buy a shop or whatever and that and uh, like a country club guy drives past in like his Cadillac and that and he was just like oh uh you give me directions to the golf course and then like the audio guy over it's all like oh no he didn't just ask for directions to the to the golf club in the hood (laughs) (laughs) and yeah yeah they they they, they were just some entertaining tag team and uh yeah it's you know as awful as this situation has been it's been Nice to you know hear wrestlers talk about the man who was Shad. 
definitely. Yeah. Uh, circling back to the last ride, um, and obviously Mark Calloway's story that will continue, as we said, this Sunday, uh, and then episodes four and five will, will come back in two and three weeks, respectively. Uh, regarding this week's episode that we've been looking at today, uh, The Redemption, if you have any comments on, on what you thought of the episode, uh, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can do so on Facebook at Ring the Bell Show, on Twitter and Instagram at Ring the Bell Pod, uh, by email at ringthebellpod at gmail.com. If you also feel like we've earned it, you can leave us a review um, over on Apple Podcasts, along with a nice five-star rating if you'd be so kind. And also subscribe to us at the usual places, Google, Spotify, Apple, you, you know you know the draw by now. Uh, so yeah, that has been The Redemption of Mark Calloway. Next week, we'll see Saudi Arabia and how all that went down and the resulting discussions and thoughts, I'm sure. But hopefully, we see a, a true response and what Taker really felt about it because he's been open so far. So I'd hate to see him stop that now. Yeah, I mean, the couple of snippets we've seen from it in the teaser, it does seem we're going to get that. And like even, even Triple H... See like a clip of him sort of going, you know, disaster. Well, you can't cover it really, can you? You can't hide it. So, no. You know, it's not like you can gloss over it. it. It was what it was, and we all saw it. So, but yeah, that's week, and we'll be back um, as soon as we can next week with our look at the episode itself. Yes, we will. But for now, um, Martin, thank you for, for joining me. As always, I always recommend all the listeners to go uh, as soon as they can and check out Martin and Sam over at the Intellectual Saves of Wrestling on YouTube. And we'll be back next week with Chapter 3 of The Last Ride. But for now, this has been Ring the Bell. Ring the Bell.